0: Blog Talk Radio <laughs>
1: night you are tuned into the latest the greatest radio show in the land the inside acting radio show where we bring entertaining to edutainment yes indeed for those of you who don't know my name is william powell otherwise known as the king of dc media as always you can advertise on the show contact me at william400 at yahoo.com you can throw me a couple of dollars Go to William.4007 at hotmail.com and PayPal. You uh, can contribute one, two, or five dollars if you so desire. And you should be following me on Facebook. My handle is William.t.pal. And look for my column by Googling DC Actors Examiner. There's a lot of great articles out there. Tonight, my guest is a man who impersonates the king of all media, Howard Stern. His name is Stuart Brodian. Now, he's an actor, a filmmaker, a composer, a celebrity impersonator, and a program host for radio station WDIV in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, and they tell me he's an all round good guy as well, so let me bring him on in. Hey, now. Hey.
0: Hey now hey, I'm how boy. you, how are you doing?
1: Fantastic. How <laughs> thanks for- thanks for coming on the show tonight.
0: Oh, my pleasure. It's always a pleasure be in the great show
1: right right absolutely so um, how's the winter weather up there in uh, Pennsylvania?
0: We're killing us we're freezing our tails off here, man. I' tell you <laughs> uh, but like I say, I'd say grin and bear it, but you do that, and you teach you how to.
1: Your teeth are Yeah, we had a uh, was it was a, a fake snowstorm yesterday. It shut all of DC down. The government, and everything closed. Schools were closed. It was like uh, I think we had maybe about an inch, not even enough to cover the grass. <laughs> oh wow, that's how that's, it is it, down well, here. Well, the doesn't take shut down the
0: government these days, does it? <laughs>
1: No, it doesn't. Uh, just uh, mm, not much at all. Just a rumor of an inch of snow or a rumor of a budget showdown, and that's all it takes.
0: <laughs> yeehaw, yeehaw. So okay, so where should we start? Okay, <laughs>
1: okay, let's get this show on the road. So, let me ask you, how do you think your career would be different if you weren't a Howard Stern impersonator?
0: I've often said that if I didn't uh, resemble some celebrity, I'd just be another long-haired guy with a guitar.
1: <laughs>
0: I mean, uh, yep. <laughs> for—look, look, everyone looks for an edge in this business, some type of gimmick to have your in into the industry. And I'm going to be up front honest with you. The fact that I resemble Howard Stern actually once got me a job in radio at a commercial radio station. <laughs> Hmm. I mean, I, I, you know, I don't know if Howard Stern is listening, but I owe this guy a lot. That, that's all I can say. And um, I, I, you know, I, I just honor it. That, that's basically what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um,
0: absolutely. Real talk. So but, what's the crazy? Craziest- uh, Go ahead. But, but, but I can tell you in all seriousness um, that I, I, I tr- I'd rather get by on on my own merit by my own talent, which. Which I did for quite quite a few years, even before I've ever heard of Howard Stern, of uh, writing music. Um, I, I don't write the usual kind of stuff that everybody writes for music because you know most guys in they write music they talk about drinking beer, fast cars, and women and stuff like that. I, I didn't I didn't like writes about that kind of stuff. But the very first song that I wrote was a little focus tune called "Where Have the Flower Children Gone." Hmm. Okay. And, uh, And I released a single back in 1982, and the B-side was a a novelty song of mine called I Hate the Video Games. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, So I guess my my edge or my gimmick back then was being topical and not just the usual run-of-the-mill nonsense.
1: Right. Exactly. Exactly. So what's the craziest thing that ever happened to you as a Howard Stern impersonator?
0: (laughs) wide, there's a lot to choose from. This has happened to me more than once. Uh, A girl will walk up to me, she'll hand a boyfriend the camera, and she'll grab my hands, put it on her chest, and say to the boyfriend, take my picture. (laughs) But that's not the craziest thing that's happened to me. I was walking along the street on South Street in Philadelphia one day. Uh, Three black girls are walking up the sidewalk, and they come up to me, oh, look, it's Howard Stern. Can I have your autograph? Uh, Sure. What would you like me to autograph? Right there on the street, waist upper shirt, no bra. Here, autograph this. <laughs> All right, sure. <laughs> so, wow. sounds yeah, like a know, lot of fun. Maybe I should
1: start impersonating people. I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> as long as you don't impersonate me. No. <laughs> <laughs> that
1: would be kind of hard to do. <laughs> true so uh, yeah I'm incredibly more handsome so what can I tell you uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so go. you were on the Howard you were actually on the Howard Stern show so tell me what happened there
0: it was like walking into a dream uh, yeah. I met this. I met some girl at a party so she and I were introduced by a mutual friend and uh-huh. she had been on the Stern show before with her mom giving Howard a massage uh-huh. so she basically had the clap Get me up there, and I went up there with her, and we went to, with her roommate. Uh, I brought my guitar. The two girls did their act, and I did mine.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah, actually, actually, it was quite a—it was kind of funny. Uh, just a few days before this, I had written a song called "Monica Lewinsky," and when mm-hmm. I went up to uh, the Mr. Stern's show, it just happened to be the morning after. Bill Clinton admitted to his improper relationship with uh, Mr. Lewinsky, and there on uh-huh. the morning after on the Howard Stern show, singing a song I had just written called "Monica Lewinsky," uh-huh. and uh, yeah, you know, it, it, it just worked out. And we were riding the elevator up up to the studio that morning, and uh, I was listening to the, the radio was piped into the sound system in the in the elevator, and I was listening to the advertisements, and they were talking about Mister Stern's debut on CBS television that was coming just a few days later. I was there on a Tuesday, and his show was debuting on a Saturday, and I'm thinking, nuts. I should have gone there a few months before. This way they would have had time to edit my appearance into his TV show.
1: Uh-huh. Well, lo and behold,
0: uh, they edited it in at the last minute. So I'm on mm. Mr. Stern's show on a Tuesday morning, and I'm on a CBS show that Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it pays to be topical.
1: Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. I've seen that uh, the footage of that. It's, it's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Howard made a comment and said, if you didn't have these pretty girls with you, you wouldn't be on the show.
0: <laughs> so I guess i have to invite some more pretty girls to come on the show with me. And my phone number is. But <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but I remember I uh, some time ago I interviewed you for DC Actors Examiner and you were saying that uh, you thought that Howard was a very... Genuine person. So, did you get a chance to hang out with them much?
0: No, no. It, it's it's kind of a uh, uh, conveyor belt mentality up there. It, it, they they brief you in the, in the green room. You go in, you do your act. Next, basically, that's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I I wish I could sit here and say, oh yeah, me and Howard all the time. You know, but no, no. I Mister mean, Stern has his own life, and I, I guess I have mine. Uh, right. I think. It, I mean, yeah. He's, he he has some different experiences in life than I did, um, uh, but you know that. But, but we have we do have some similarities. When you do impersonations, it helps if you do have similarities to the person that you impersonate. Uh, as I said, I, I've been doing stuff years before I ever heard of Mr. Stern, and I too went to college and studied how to be a DJ.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And just like the real Mr. Stern, I too was a college DJ, and worked at some small stations. Uh, when I got out of college, okay, okay, yeah, and that something helped. he said. In the, yeah. yeah, something he said in his movie that I, I guess I can relate to. He said he didn't want to be one of these guys who go traveling all over the country every time a new job opens up. And trust me, I can relate. I, I like being stationed in, in certain ways. I don't like being mobile. Uh, you know, a, a vacation or a gig or maybe travel to t- see something interesting. I mean, I, I visited Paris for a week back in two thousand two, but. But to keep moving for a new job every so often, that, that's, that's just not me.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's move on. Now let's talk about the, the concept behind your show, Double or Nothing. What's the concept behind the show?
0: Local actor, tired of what he sees on television, starts a comedy variety show on local cable using celebrity impersonators. Uh, where did this idea come from? A friend of mine in New Jersey had a cable TV show. He had it for many years, and usually I send him videotapes of my performances of doing music. But one day he said to me, "You know, Stu, you you do all those Howard Stern stuff. When are you gonna do something for my show?" And I'm like, I I felt embarrassed. I I didn't, I didn't realize I could have done something for his show. So I know a local Elvis impersonator, and I, I came up with an idea for a fake restaurant commercial. Sometimes you see that in some comedy shows, which is what his show was—a comedy show. And so then, sometimes you see fake ads. So I put up like a fake restaurant ad where you see the king of all media sitting next to the king of rock and roll. And somewhere in the commercial, they say, where well, you can eat like a king. Ha ha. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't think that routine was, was strong enough to stand on its own merit. So I decided to write just a few scenes for his comedy show just to give it some substance. And the next thing you know, I had a full script. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it... A lot of it is based on well my own life. They say the best way to write fiction is to simply take the truth and distort it, and the only thing I distorted at that time was uh, I made up having an inn at a local cable station, which I did not at that time.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Life has imitated art, and now I do have an inn at a cable station in Philadelphia.
1: <laughs> I love it
0: and, and I host a TV show in Philadelphia called Brodian's basement where. I introduce people's short films and music videos and I do little interesting walk arounds, but uh, more on that later. Uh but another reason I decided to do my own T V show I was a huge fan of, of NBC's The West Wing. Mhm. And um uh, and the show was coming to an end. And I'm looking around and realizing, you know, that was the only show on television that I watched. Mhm. And what you know, what am I gonna watch next? I I, I you know, like CNN, the Cartoon Network History Channel. That's, that's about all I watch. Right. And I was looking around at some of the other shows. there's just, just a sample. what's out there. And it's the same old recycled nonsense over and over and over again. The same old uh, action A causes action B, which gives reaction C. Same routine, same dumb joke, same sexual connotation, same rehashes of other routines from other TV shows of years gone by. And I, I didn't like it. And I, mm-hmm. I wanted to come up with something different. So I decided right. to pursue this, this idea. Mm-hmm. And I, I made a pilot episode and called this Beginner's Luck, but the very first film festival that I submitted it to, it won an award. Great. Wow. And uh, people people said, you know, of course, people, the next question is, well, we're going to make another one. And I figured, why not? I mean, if I just said, no, i just got to keep it at one and leave it at that, I'm like, why not? I, it's. I'm the creative type, and I like creating. And I came up with a second episode uh, in, in 2009, and even a third one in 2009. Uh, I mean, the, all three together runs runs a total of 35 minutes. But um, it's, it's the kind of thing where, like, you get those creative juices flowing, and you just want to keep on going. Uh, there's a CD I have in my collection. I, I people send me CDs for my radio show, and I I played this one CD by this lady. She sent it to me years ago. So I I contacted her just to be nice, just to let her know that I got played uh, that she got played on my radio show, and we got talking. She works at a company that owns a bunch of TV stations. Nothing ventured, nothing gained. I asked, Do you know anybody who needs to fill some airtime? Yes. Hmm. And. I submitted it, this was back in the summer of 2010, four nights in a row, for about six weeks, my TV pilot was getting shown right after Jimmy Kimmel at a ABC affiliate in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Oh, fantastic. And, I mean, I, I've often said, if I went out and killed 100 people, I would not get that kind of airtime.
1: <laughs> you get some jail time.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but... Um, like, It was amazing. So I asked her at any other stations. She said, well, those you have to pay, which I didn't mind. You see, for those of you out there who don't know, when you send your film to a film festival, it costs money. And for whatever reasons, after a short while, my TV pilot was not getting uh, accepted at these uh, film festivals. So mm-hmm. I figured, if I'm going to spend money on this TV show, why not spend it on results? Right. So I bought time at uh, the CBS CBS affiliate in in, uh, Evanston, Indiana, uh, the CW affiliate over in Louisville, Kentucky, and even a local independent station right here in Allentown, Pennsylvania, WFNZ-TV, Channel 69. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, some of the other stations I got played maybe 1 or 2 in the morning, but the CW affiliate I got played at 11 p.m. on a Sunday, which is not that bad. And here in Allentown I got played at 11.30 p.m., on a Thursday night which is also not too bad. Uh Uh-huh. You know, I've been called the ultimate in self-promotion and that's true but Mm -hmm. what I can tell you what I can tell you in all honesty is that I can't sell. Uh, A production Mm. company has taken an interest in me to um, Mm -hmm. to me to the networks but I need to raise money to, uh, uh, to to finance what they call a sizzle reel and this is the uh, presentation packets that they give to the networks to to shop it to the networks. Right. I've tried uh, Indiegogo. I've tried Kickstarter. These online campaigns. I've done a total of four online campaigns. You know how much I raised? Right. Five dollars. Sure. <laughs> Five dollars. Five bucks. I mean, I've created a buzz in the industry. I mean, I, I I can do that kind of promotion, but I can't sell. And wow. I'm man. trying to raise. <laughs> It's terrible, but, you know, I, I'm trying to raise between three to $5,000 to finance this project so they can shop me to the networks. I mean, I've gotten awards. I've gotten write-ups, reviews. You're, you're one of the people who've written up about me. I've created a buzz in the industry. People have heard me. I was up at the New York uh, Television Film Festival um, a couple of times, and people have heard of what I'm doing. They, they don't know who I am, but they heard of my my show. So, I mean, I got, I got the buzz going in the industry, now I've just got to shop it to the networks, and... Well, since you can solicit, solicitations, if anybody wants to help me finance this sizzle wheel, you can contact me at sbrodian at yahoo.com. Sounds like a plan,
1: man. Yeah, we got to get you going.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, it's my thing. Um,
1: absolutely. We got to get you going with that, man. Yeah, that's,
0: yeah. But I still get airplay with it every so often because I, I keep researching uh, Facebook and LinkedIn, looking at people's cable TV shows, and I just send it out, so I, I just keep the buzz going. I'm, I'm not going to stop just after uh, one or two failures. You know, it's, It takes a lot more than that to make me quit, if I ever quit. That's right
1: you got to be persistent. I mean, nothing nothing will out like persistent. Let's, let's uh, change gears a little bit here, Stuart, and uh, talk about some other celebrity impersonators you've met.
0: Oh, I, I've met quite a bunch of them. There's these uh, celebrity impersonator conventions. Uh, one was held in Las Vegas. That's on hold for a while, but uh, there's one held every year in November in Florida. They call it the Sunburst Convention. And what they do is they have seminars where they teach you things like Makeup tips, how to shop yourselves to uh, the uh, the agents, how to present yourself and act professionally when you're doing your gig. There's certain rules you have to uh, follow. Um, mm-hmm. Like when, when like when you're doing like like a three or four hour gig, you have to allot yourself some time to take a break. And if you do take a break to like get something to eat, you don't sit and eat with everybody else in the room. You grab a plateful of stuff and you go off in the side corner where nobody can see you. Little, little, little right. things like that. Oh, yeah, and uh, we also, uh, and then, like, uh, it's held for three or four days, and on two afternoons, they have uh, the showcase of talent. Now, all the agents sit in the audience, and sometimes they open the show up to the public, and then each impersonator goes up on stage, does their act. They have um, an MC host, so they can be anybody from a, we've used, um, An Austin Powers impersonator. We've used uh, a Joan Rivers impersonator. You know, people like, we even had an Ed Sullivan impersonator as as MCs. Mm. Uh, They even used me as as Howard Stern to introduce a few acts. Uh, Mm. As I mentioned, they had one in Las Vegas, and they usually had that in the spring, but uh, uh, for whatever reason, they're having that on hold right now. I personally am looking into uh, hosting a convention in the city of Philadelphia in the spring, Okay. Um, once again, if anybody wants information on that, sbrodian at yahoo dot com. Uh, but you know, it, it, you know it's, it's work at these conventions, but you know, it's, it's fun and not just the showcases because sometimes um, about to the impersonators we take it out and about on the town, and this is all prearranged. Anything from walks along the main boulevard during a parade to at uh, uh, one convention, the impersonators. Went into the uh, a wax museum, and they they stood still as anything, and then people would walk through and they'd see them, and all of a sudden they start talking to them, freak them out.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> so we 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 have fun uh, doing uh things like that. Yeah, it, it's work, but you you can't just have all work. You have to mix in some of the fun. Mm hmm. Uh, As far as me personally, uh, I'm a spur-of-the-moment type of person. Mm -hmm. Uh, I try not to dwell on things. If I get an idea to do something, I just do it, and then I go on to the next project. I mean, I know I've been keeping with this uh, TV pilot for a few years, but I didn't just stop at that. After I made the first pilot, and it was kind of going on its own with different things, I I started doing some artwork. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a local... There's a local artist here. His name is Carl Stern. He does drawings. He does metal sculptures. And I worked as an artist assistant as his uh, many years ago. But we still keep in touch. He's very uh, infatuated with uh, Picasso. So when I was learning about the Internet, I was looking up Picasso on YouTube, and I found a film called The Mystery of Picasso, where Picasso made drawings for this film and, and some paintings and the, the story goes that after the film was completed, he purposely destroyed the works so mm. that it would only exist in film. Mm. I got a copy of the film, and uh, I used it as a guide, and I recreated about 20 Picassos. Okay. Here's the, here's the funny part. Um, in the beginning of the film, he's just doing drawings on, on white paper. Uh-huh. I can't paint, but I can draw. Mm-hmm. So when it came to the part where we, where we uh, colored some of the drawings in with paints, uh-huh. I used I used colored magic marker.
1: <laughs>
0: but they look like paintings, but they're framed, and, and I've had them displayed in some galleries, uh, one in Philadelphia, one in Hoboken, and one right here in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. So that's what I was doing between the first and second episode of Double or Nothing. Huh.
1: Hmm. Okay, let's switch gears and talk about stand-up. Is that something that you still do?
0: Yes, I have a. As a matter of fact, I have a, an appearance coming up in New York City at the Eastville Comedy Club uh, Monday, December the twenty-third at nine p.m. Uh huh. Stand-up is interesting. Uh, the, the main difference between doing stand-up and doing films or TV shows is that sometimes with stand-up you can add lib. And you can play along with the audience. Mm-hmm. I mean, the ultimate challenge is how do you deal with a heckler? Mm. You, you just take it. And you throw it right back in their face.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, w- w- when when you're on the stage, you're standing there. You've you got to have all guns loaded, otherwise you're dead. I think it was Ed Wendt who had said, you know, dying on stage is easy. Comedy, that's hard. Well, <laughs> what you do with your comedy is, um, you know, you learn your routines, but you still keep in the back of your mind other jokes that you have that pertain to different subject matter. So, if somebody says something to you and it has a word in it that sounds like a joke you heard, first you clobber them with words, and then you go into the joke.
1: Uh huh.
0: Hmm. Yeah, you know, that, that's called oh. being resourceful.
1: Right. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, so we're down to about uh, three minutes. So talk a little bit about your filmmaking and then just wrap up. Uh, and tell everybody how we can follow you online.
0: Okay, my webpage, Brodian.com, and it has all the information. Uh, filmmaking, that's just a hobby. Uh, at one of the conventions, I had an idea to do like a, like a Charlie Chaplin-style film, and the Charlie Chaplin person was there, so uh, we basically shot the whole film in like less than five minutes, <laughs> um, and the other day I was walking home from the library. It was raining, and I kicked an acorn down the hilly streets. It rolled a bit, it stopped, but the momentum from the rushing water made it keep rolling. I thought that's an interesting concept for a film, so I went home got my camcorder, found a few more acorns, and after several tries, I recreated what I did by accident, and I inserted that into my uh, my cable TV show, which is called his Basement. I was one of the films that I show on my show. So if anybody wants to get in contact with me for my uh, upcoming appearance, com. That's Monday, December 23rd at the Eastville Comedy Club in New York City. Brodian's Basement, seen Mondays 10 p.m. on Philly Cam in Philadelphia. My radio station, WDIY.org. And I'm also now heard on WPEB 88.1 FM in the city of Philadelphia. And that's uh, Brodian.com. Dot com for more information. Anything, I, anything else I can tell you about myself, sir? Uh,
1: yeah. Oh, and then also, you're also trying to, to raise money for a double or nothing, or is that still going on, or what?
0: Yes, I'm still trying to raise money. I'm looking for between three dollars to $5,000. Grodian at yahoo.com, or, oh, what the heck? Let me get my phone number out. Four uh-huh. three four five four seven six three four one four eight four five four seven. 547 6341, and anybody who invests, I'm going to give you a piece of the action. You name a character after you, put you in the, the movie, or if you got a product to sell, I can put your product inside the TV show. I can do stuff like that. Absolutely. 484 four, four, 547 dot four, brodian.com, or sbrodian at yahoo.com. Stuart, I just really want
1: to thank you for coming on the show. I really enjoyed it. I definitely want to have you on again. I think you're uh, you're almost as busy as I am.
0: <laughs> I got the rest of the night free. I, I, I can stand for another half an hour if you want.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: well, we got to keep to our, our time limits, but I can I can sense that uh, I probably should have scheduled probably a longer show. But I definitely want to have you on probably as early as January, but we'll definitely keep in touch. And uh, definitely, um, you know, we're pulling for you. I, I really think Double or Nothing uh, it's going to be a really great show, I think. Um, and you're a, a fellow radio man, so I think that's fantastic, too. So I just uh, really want to thank you for coming on the show, and I wish you a happy holiday.
0: Same to you. Happy holidays, and, hey, I'll speak to you in January. All right. Have a great night. Thanks. You too. Bye-bye.
1: All right, bye-bye. And let me leave you with this quote, dear listeners, from Don Corleone, from The Godfather. A man who doesn't spend time with his family can never be a real man. Night.
0: Cream-colored ponies and crisp apple strudels. doorbells and sleigh bells and schnitzels with noodles. Wild geese that fly with the moon.